if you're good, you won't get it done, right? People who are content with, okay, we'll get it done. Entrepreneurs won't get it done because there's always going to be more. There's always going to be faster. There's always going to be smoother. There's always going to be better. There's always going to be bigger results. Have you ever let stress get the better of you? Want to know how to maximize your productivity? My name is Tommy Bowie. Follow me as I deep dive into the minds of successful entrepreneurs and industry professionals on the tools, tips, and strategies they use to overcome stress and boost productivity in their daily lives, especially when the going gets tough and the stakes are high. This is the Stressless Entrepreneur Podcast. My guest today is an award-winning hypnotist and hypnotherapy instructor, best-selling author, speaker, and a co-host of the popular podcast series, Hypnosis. She is the founder of Cascade Hypnosis Center for training and services in Bellingham, Washington. Before becoming a hypnotist, she designed software for the high-tech industry, working in that field for over a decade before she realized how interested she was in the most powerful computing device available, the human mind. She combines her analytical expertise along with powerful hypnosis techniques to train some of the best hypnotists in the world with a modern, systematic, and heart-centered approach to hypnosis. Her heartfelt approach is the trademark of her work. She values authentic connections with people and works to reveal the wonderment at the core of each individual. I have today with me, Erica Flint. Erica, thank you for joining me on the Stressless Entrepreneur Podcast. Hey, Tommy. Good to see you. I'm ready. Erica, I wanted to get you on the show today because a couple of things I want to talk about. You're an award-winning hypnotherapist, but then you're also a best-selling author. So I wanted to talk about some of the, the challenges in running your business, but also in writing the books that you've written. But before we do that, are you able to give us a little bit of rundown on what it is that you do and um, a bit of history about yourself? Yeah, sure. So I'm a professional hypnotherapist and hypnotherapy instructor, and I help people do the hardest thing in the world, the things that they think they don't know how to do. So I help people stop drinking, lose weight. I help them show up as entrepreneurs. I help them just basically do the thing that they're unable to do because hypnosis works even when everything else has failed. And I absolutely love helping entrepreneurs because entrepreneurship is the best self-development tool out there, as we all know. Mm-hmm. And there are so many challenges being an entrepreneur that hypnosis helps with. So excited to tell you all about that and writing the book. Plus anything in my history, I can tell you how I became a hypnotist, if that's what you're interested in. Yeah. So I want to talk about how you first became a hypnotist. Was it an easy road for you? Did you have clarity um, when you first came across hypnotherapy? When I first came across hypnotherapy, yes. But the road itself was not easy. As a matter of fact, I found hypnosis through massive, massive suffering. I actually was, um, I ended up in the hospital. I was in the emergency room. Uh, I was sitting on one of those stupid gurneys, um, you know, and they have you wear those those little outfits with, uh, you know, hardly covering any of your body. And I really had to make a decision whether I wanted to live or not. I was in a really bad place. And when I decided to live, I hopped off the gurney and I knew I had to have a different way of being in the world. So I started seeking. And what had been missing in my life was my spirituality. And what had also been missing was the passion and incorporating, you know, my heart and love into my work. And so I started seeking. I um, took a bunch of like energy healing classes and breathwork classes. When I found hypnosis is when the light bulb clicked for me. 
because I realized that what hypnosis really does is it gives each of us access to our inner operating system. So just like your phone has an operating system in iOS, each of us has an inner operating system, but most of us are never taught how to use it. And my background as a computer programmer, I realized how important and cool is it that we can have access to program our minds in the way we want them to behave. You mentioned being a computer programmer. Was that a, a tough transition for you into, I guess, the world of business and a different side of the industry, you can say? It was actually quite easy because I was a computer programmer, but I was also in corporate America. And so I had already been accustomed to running programs, designing programs, serving client needs, you know, outcomes, blockers, project plans, all of that stuff made it really easy for me to start my own business. And I felt like I had a real kind of heads up when it came to starting my business. That on top of the fact that it was easy for me to use Google AdWords, which is really, you know, the ability to market my, my business and market it effectively and automatically was a huge selling point for me as I transitioned. I was a full-time software engineer and a part-time hypnotist at the same time. And being mm -hmm. able to ads to market my practice um, allowed me to go full-time in less than a year. Was there a moment or was there a goal in place and saying, okay, now I'm doing this full-time, I got this side gig going on. Was there a pivotal moment where you said, look, I just need to transition because this is the direction that I'm wanting to move towards? Yeah, I think it really happened when I started getting such amazing results for my clients. You know, as entrepreneurs and as we're building our programs or designing our products and things, they work for us and maybe they work for our friends and we're, we're getting them tested and developed and we put them out there and they're like, this is, this is great, this is working. But then when you put it out in the real marketplace, meaning people you don't know, and people your mom doesn't know and people your sister doesn't know, right? These are like real actual customers that don't know you at all. Now, when those people are coming in and getting results, that's fantastic. And now the results aren't just for the client either, because when you help a woman lose the weight that she's been trying to lose for 20, 30 years, or you help the person who wants to stop drinking because it's ruining their marriage and their life, it's not just helping the client that comes in, we're helping their families, we're helping their communities. So it's extremely fulfilling work. And at the end of the day, I can fall asleep so easily at night. I know what I did that day. I helped somebody. I gave them relief. They remembered that they are a good person. They remembered who they are. I brought the divinity back in, uh, helped them bring their divinity back into their life, right? So it became really easy to fall asleep at night. And I'm not too sure how it is in America, but I think in Australia, there's quite a stigma around the word hypnosis. And that could be due to, I think, Hollywood TV or just uh, some people showing a bit of the extra of what hypnosis is. Does it get frustrating? I guess, constantly needing to validate your expertise or, you know, showing people what hypnosis is really about? You know, I used to think at first that it was a little frustrating that I had to keep educating people. But then I realized that almost every new idea out there requires continual education. And I don't know of a single entrepreneur that doesn't 
consider how am I going to educate my clients and help them buy from me, right? So I think that every single industry has some level of this, let me tell you what it really is. And yes, it does come from Hollywood. So there's a lot of movies out there that talk about hypnosis and mind control. There's a lot of movies out there that have other professions doing things like that too, right? Mm But the profession itself um, has done this. So there have been times when hypnotists would say things like, you know, I'm the only person that can hypnotize you or you're under my control. That style of egotistical hypnosis, I think, you know, many years ago, 50s, 60s, 70s, there were kind of that egotistical style of people out there doing entertainment stuff. It's entertainment style hypnosis, right? So, and it was for entertainment a lot of the time, but it didn't do the profession any good. And so um, everybody that I know in the profession now, we are all working to make sure people know that hypnosis is safe. Hypnosis is natural. We go into states of hypnosis all the time. It's just that we don't do it very effectively. And so in an office with a professional hypnotist, you're going to learn how to go into that state of hypnosis, that highly focused and resourceful state of hypnosis on purpose every time. And then while you're there, you will learn how to make use of that very highly resourceful state. And so what's a standard session like with yourself or generally with a hypnosis? I do what's called insight-based hypnosis. And what that means is it's very interactive with our clients. It's not the style of hypnosis that you might see in the movies where, you know, the hypnotist is just speaking and the client is just kind of lying there absorbing it. I find and believe that the best work that we can do with our clients has to be where it's interactive. Otherwise, we don't understand their state. We don't understand what's going on with them. So the very first thing that we're going to do with our clients is we're going to understand from them the change that they want to make in their life. So there needs to be a change that they want to make. And getting clarity on that is usually a big piece of work, quite frankly. (laughs) Most people only know what they don't want. And that's a lot of our clients. They don't want to be eating so much. They don't want to have the weight. They don't want so many things. So, you know, number one takeaway, I would say right now for anybody listening out there, the best thing to do, the, the most important thing is to know what you want. It seems so obvious, but the reality is clients come in, I just don't want to be so stressed. I just don't want to, you know, eat so much. And it's like, okay, well, what do you want? They've never given enough space to what do you want? So we have to spend some time on that, uh, really getting clarity on what do you want? So that part is called the pre-hypnosis interview. And so we're going to just interview our clients and talk with them before the hypnosis session. And then we come up with a plan, like what's going to work for the client. And then we do some hypnosis together where we bring, we're going to bring up an emotion or a feeling or a thought, something that is addressing the issue. And then we work to resolve it. And through the course of resolving it, the client gets insights that they knew of, but, but not in a way um, that are presented through the state of hypnosis. So during the state of hypnosis, they're able to make connections through things in their life that they were never able to do before. So it's like aha moment after aha moment after aha moment and all of those things. So I don't know if you've had a moment in your life where boom, everything changes in a moment because you had some realization, right? Yeah, that's kind of like the people who, let's say, for example, something very tangible. I want to quit smoking and you hear you know, stories of people going to see a hypnotist and all of a sudden they don't want to smoke anymore. They're able to go cold turkey or they're not thinking about it as much. So that's, I think, where we see the benefits in some of these, um, I guess, techniques as well. 
Yeah, the fast and rapid change, because what happens, the reason that that works is normally we are functioning and operating on what we call the conscious mind. And the conscious mind is a very important part of our brain. It allows us to pay attention. And so as you know, your listeners right now are paying attention to this recording, or maybe they're spacing off, I don't know, that's your conscious mind, but it's very limited. So our conscious mind only has um, access to about seven or eight bits of information at any one point. And then, you know, we just can't keep track of everything. So our power really is in our subconscious mind. And our subconscious mind, really, they say, you know, scientists say drives 95% of our behavior. I don't know how they would know that. But at any rate, it does drive a significant amount of our behavior. So if we're going to work on something difficult, don't go to the conscious mind with seven to nine bits of information. We got to go to the source of data, right? So that's why hypnosis is so effective. We go to the source of data. We're not kind of trying to navigate a known or unknown limiting beliefs or blocks in our clients when we're doing it. We get to see and remove all of them in hypnosis automatically. Still talking about a general session. We know that COVID-19 has massively impacted or changed the learning environment. We can't do the face-to-face anymore. People have been pivoting to a more virtual environment. Is hypnosis still just as effective through, I guess, the lens of a computer um, or telehealth environment? Yeah, it absolutely is. And for some of our clients, it's going to be even more effective. However, there are a couple considerations. First of all, the technique and hypnosis and results, etc., all of that is absolutely highly effective over the internet. So it works really, really well. Now, personally, I do like to be able to give my clients a hug. I do like to see them in person and, and everyone can agree to that. You can't replace that part of it. Okay. However, The one thing to keep in mind that has been challenging with COVID in particular is the client's environment still has to be quiet. (laughs) So like the technology works, but the problem now is that mom doesn't have a place to go to do her session, right? Because all the kids are home and dad's in the bedroom, uh, which is a makeshift office, right? And so I've had clients, they, they get in their car, they go outside to their car, but so it works really well, but you have to have a quiet environment, a quiet environment where you won't be disrupted. In working with many entrepreneurs, what are some of the common themes that you kind of encounter when it comes to stress and stress management? Money, money, and money. (laughs) It's almost all my, it's like limiting beliefs about money, not charging enough. How much can I charge? Should I raise my rate? Should I, it's, it's almost all about it's all the financial stuff that people are afraid of and, and self-worth and just all of the fear that comes with just being an entrepreneur and basically offering a service and, and needing payment for it and validation through that and the ability to continue running your practice through that and, and the risk you took starting your job and getting out of corporate America or wherever you were working and, and, and that weight that you might have on your back from your family or like all of that stuff. You know, if the money piece of it were a sure thing, right? I think entrepreneurs would would be worried about other stuff. Yeah. And when I speak to certain entrepreneurs, I'm always trying to, I guess, manage that expectation in saying, you think you need to be up here, but I guess there's a stepping blocks for you to get up there. Let's just take that first step. Let's just test the environment. And then that confidence will just naturally breed because they, they start to have that belief that they can do it. 
and rather than just taking that giant leap. So I absolutely agree in um, your approach there as well. But I guess when it comes to money, we've all been raised to say that we need to make X amount of money to be successful or we need to make as much money as possible to be successful. But I always challenge that idea to say, well, what if you cut your income by half, but then you worked half the amount? So wouldn't you be happy in that way as well because you have more spare time? I would. I think that's a fantastic idea. And as a matter of fact, I call it a COVID blessing because since COVID, I have been, it's been a lot easier for me to take extra time for myself. So I've been taking one or two hours a day to dance, really. It's, I'm incorporating it into my business because movement is such a facilitator for change. But what I'm finding is that that extra two hours a day where I am kind of free flowing, right? But a lot of it has to do with movement. It is so liberating and creative building for the, all the rest of my, of my day, right? So it's a huge, like I thought at first, it's a huge investment, but now the payoff is so big that I can't not do it. Now that we're talking about self-care, what are some of the ways that you manage stress and focus on improving productivity? Yeah, so there's a couple of things. One is I manage my anxiety very, very carefully. So I have some anti-anxiety techniques. I am really careful with my nervous system because my nervous system is kind of the primary part of who we are. And it's automatic. Now, it's automatic, but with our conscious mind, we can focus on it and take control. And that is one of the benefits of the conscious mind. So I'm really focused on controlling my nervous system. I don't let myself get anxious or afraid. I mean, unless it's necessary, right? I mean, fear serves a purpose to get our attention, like a car pulls in front of you or something. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking just about kind of the, the anxious, fearful kind of, I have to talk in front of people feeling. I manage that really well so that I'm not practicing anxiety. Okay. So I do that in, in the moment. If I start to feel myself getting anxious, I reverse it. And I have a technique for doing that um, so that I remain calm. The way that I think about it is like we go to the gym. If you want to, you know, if you want to strengthen your back, if you want to strengthen your calves, your, your glutes, whatever it is, you're going to go work on that for the day. Right. And we can do the same thing with our brain. Okay. Uh, if we're stressed all day long, we've just been at the, we've taken our brain to the stress gym. <laughs> and that's most people these days. They've just stressed all day long. And so I give my brain the practice of stillness. I give my brain the practice of calm. And then from that calm place, it's, it's also a lot easier to notice if I'm starting to get anxious. So then I try, I try to keep it there. All right. The other thing, so that's about stillness. The other thing I do is about joy and excitement. And that's what I was talking about before, which is dancing. Now you can do it however you'd like, but I think the combination of movement and music, music is the original language. I think it's just extremely powerful. So that's about joy and excitement. And the other is about stillness, right? Uh, and I do hypnosis techniques all day long as well. But those two things I think are really important for us, for our nervous system to experience joy, laughter, excitement, fun uh, during the day and calm mind, calm body. You mentioned before as well, having that, you can say wellness walk for your day, looking after yourself. A lot of entrepreneurs don't give themselves the opportunity to have such a walk or have such a break because they just absolutely believe that they have to constantly be doing work to be productive. Do you have any commentary for those entrepreneurs to say, look, just get that one hour away from your work so that you can benefit, I guess, in the long run? 
Yeah, it's probably the most important one hour of the day that you would spend. And the reason is, is the following. Your work will never be done. Like in general, as humans, our work is never done. But as an entrepreneur, the work is never done. So there's some realization and some kind of, uh, you almost have to get to a place where you're like, I'm never going to get it done. There's all, and, and this is just the heart of an entrepreneur. You're always going to see, oh, I can fix this problem. And oh, I can fix that problem. And, and oh, this, this product, you know, I need to make these changes and that, those changes over there. It's like, it's a never ending saga of things to change. And so we have to be able at the end of the day to be okay with that, right? Because you, you won't get it done. <laughs> you just won't. If you're good, you won't get it done, right? People who are content with, okay, we'll get it done. Entrepreneurs won't get it done because there's always going to be more. There's always going to be faster. There's always going to be smoother. There's always going to be better. There's always going to be bigger results, right? So I think realizing that you're, you're never going to get it done is a big part of it. And then the other part, you know, taking that time during the day, the most important work we can do is get in alignment with God, source, nature, whatever you want to call it, wherever you do your best work. Now, for some people, this is a meditation practice or a hypnosis practice. For other people, it's walking or dancing or kayaking or playing and listening to music. Whatever it is that gets you into state, that is your most powerful work because you're connected to the divine at that place. And so now you're sourcing energy like that is the work. And so if you stop tapping into your divine resources, it's going to run dry, right? <laughs> and then people really get freaked out. So this is, I would say, the entrepreneur's real work is their internal work that they're doing every single day. And it's our job to figure out how can I make the most use of that? Because some people, it's not the same for everyone, right? We have to figure it out what works best for us. What works best for you, Tommy? Yeah, a lot of people do ask me, you know, do you take breaks? How many hours are you working throughout the day? I do have a full-time job at the moment, but there's a, a sense of joy in being able to wake up, I think, two hours before work, 5 a.m., and just tackling, I guess, the, the important tasks of that side hustle and, and the podcast. And it's kind of automatic. It's one of the things that just happens. You know, I don't have to set an alarm. I get up, I'm, I have the energy to do it. And which kind of makes me naturally tired a bit earlier in the evening. But I'm, I'm happy to accept that as well because, you know, a couple of years ago, a lot of the social environments were, we went out, we stayed up late, we didn't sleep until the morning. So there's this massive shift that just naturally occurs when you, I guess, have that alignment in what you want to do. Yeah. And I love how you said it got you up in the morning and there was, you had something to look forward to, right? So many people don't have anything to look forward to. And, and this is why I think a lot of times they are drinking or they are. And that is the other thing, quite frankly, that I do help a lot of entrepreneurs with the behavioral stuff. I mean, let's be, be real. It is stressful. So there's plenty of entrepreneurs. I help stop drinking and smoking <laughs> and eat a lot healthier <laughs> for <laughs> sure. Right. <laughs> Now, let's talk more about yourself. You've published three books in the past three years. I want to kind of dig into that journey of being an author. Were there, I guess, moments where you thought, am I doing the right thing? Or what are some of the challenges in being able to publish a book every single year for the past three years? Yeah, and it, it was a little more like four years because my first book was published 2016. on yep. Kindle. So A lot of the work, I would say over three books over four years, 
I'd say at, it's changed over the course, right? Because the very first time I wrote a book is just like the very first time you do anything and that your question is, can I do this, right? I had a lot of expertise at the time when I wrote my first book, but I'm not a writer. You know, I write blog posts and I write, you know, but I'm not an author. I would never call myself a writer. It was never one of my favorite things. I was more of a math geek computer nerd math geek, not much of a writer. So my biggest concern was, can I write a book that really matters, that really kind of helps people? And so for that, I just decided to hire somebody because as an entrepreneur, I think one of um, the best skills we can have is recognizing when we should do the work or when someone, when we should hire somebody else to help us. So I hired a book publishing company basically that helped me write an excellent, excellent book. And then I knew that I was writing a book that would make a difference to my readers, not just like a vanity book, not just a, like a book about my clients. And, and it is a book about their results. But the nice thing about when you hire someone who's the best in the industry to help you do something is now the message is clear and people want to read it, right? Which part of the process would you say was most difficult? Did you get initial good traction of, of that first book? Yeah, fantastic traction. I, I think the most difficult part is <laughs> figuring out who the book is for, quite frankly, because as an author, like you're going to have a lot of different ideas. But if you write a book that's too generic, it really won't have an impact on anyone. Right. So you really have to write a book that's for a very specific audience. And as uh, an author, entrepreneur, business owner, narrowing it down to that specific audience for the book is probably similar to how you might uh, narrow down an avatar, a marketing avatar type of a thing. Right. So it's that type of a thing. So that piece of it and then coming up with what's called the inline the inline, which is the material that you're going to include in the book. And the reason that's hard is because you're cutting a lot of material out, right? And so that first piece of it where you're going from idea in your brain to concept book, that part kind of sourcing it from brain to paper, that part I find the hardest. And that's why it's really good to have some good technique, some good hypnosis technique, some good writing technique. I love working with the author incubator. That's who I write my books with because they know what they're doing. I wrote my first book in nine weeks, the second one in three days. You know, if you're an expert in your topic, you can write a book really quickly when you're writing it with people who know what they're doing. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. And I find myself sometimes, and I think a lot of us go through that as well, where your mid walk or your mid activity and an idea pops up in your head and you're like, this is great. Fantastic. I need to write this down. But in the moment, if you don't write that down, you get back into your computer, you sit down, you're like, what was I thinking about? Or it made so much sense when I was thinking it. So how come I can't write it down on this paper and translate it to, I guess, more knowledge. I want to talk about the concept of accelerated learning and I guess retention in when you learn. We discussed previously about the concept of there's always things to do. There's always things to learn. As an entrepreneur, you always want to get stuff done. How do we find that balance between getting stuff done, but then also educating ourselves? Because we use education uh, as a means of procrastination sometimes. You know, I'd rather learn this than actually do the doing. So how can we find that balance or using hypnotherapy to kind of help us with that balance? 
Yeah, that's a really good question because you're right there. We want to keep, we have to have this energy of maintenance and maintaining everything we're doing while we are sharpening the saw, right? While we're learning the new things. So I always look at, first of all, learning the new things, there has to be a very specific outcome. So there's action oriented learning. So whenever I learn something or sign up for a class, it has to have because there's going to be a product that comes out of it. So for example, I took a class, I make a lot of music. So I took a class on, on Ableton Live. And it was an expensive class. It's not a $99 class, right? And so I told myself, if I purchase this class, I need to create five songs and release them, right? And I did it. I did it. Mm -hmm. okay. so, so the way that I do the educational piece is there has to be action tied to it because this is this is the problem. There's, there's indecision. So that's the other thing. <laughs> Tell me that I help entrepreneurs with and I'm realizing it's indecision. They can't make decisions because they don't have enough information. We never have all the information. We only have all the information looking backwards in time, right? We never have all the information in the moment. So the ability to make a decision is really, really important. So as far as learning goes, the most important thing for accelerated learning and what's important for the brain is attention attention. So the two things that I would say we need to develop as a human species, number one, control your nervous system. Number two, what are you paying attention to? Those are the two things we really can control. And the ability to pay attention, we can pay attention to our nervous system. So that paying attention is really one of the most important things because what happens, and this is, this is from Jim Quick. He's fantastic. Quick learning. You know what do we I have his book right behind me i think you do you yeah limitless his new one yeah. Yeah. yeah awesome so you know memory is about attention not retention right and that is so important because entrepreneurs like i've got two screens in front of me and i want a third one right because i want like this big view well okay like are you going to be able to pay attention to all those things so if you're learning something you have to pay attention because otherwise what you're, you have split you know, you're splitting your energy. You're trying to watch or listen to a video while you're catching up on your email. As an entrepreneur, you're trying to do these things at once. And then you end up not writing a great email and you end up, you know, not really getting a lot out of the learning. So accelerated learning, a couple of things. What do you want out of it? That will bring your attention to what you want. So that's the one question to ask yourself. It focuses your attention and it sets an expectation. It primes you. So before you sit down to learn anything, right? What do I want to learn out of this? That's all you have to do. Like it can be that simple to get, I would say maybe even double or triple the amount of learning out of a single session by asking yourself that one question. What do I want to learn out of this? Yeah, and that's a fantastic tip for the entrepreneurs as well. Moving on to some of the key challenges that you're facing at the moment. Is there something that's bothering you in your ability to progress your business in the current times? Well, there's the, there's just the, the challenges of COVID, I would say, and having a facility to teach in, but we have to teach remotely and not being able to do that. Um, that's just a similar challenge that any any business owner, I think, with with an in-person location is facing right now. Now, we have been doing sessions online for many, many years. So we, we thankfully were all set up for, we didn't have to transition to online or anything like that. We'd already been doing all of our things, teaching everything online. So there wasn't a transition. There was just like a, we're not doing it in person anymore. So, but what I am seeing now is, you know, a lot of pe people, a lot of clients are really struggling 
you know, we're not getting good resolution in the US about things. I don't know how you guys feel where you're at. And so, you know, the door hasn't been closed. People aren't feeling good yet. It's still, you know, so some of the bad habits are coming back. You know, they kind of hung in there, but now pe people are still, they're starting to like, they're too cooped up. They might be drinking again. They might be eating too much again. So the message that I have for people right now is if that's you, it's okay. You know, hypnosis can still help. You know, th this is a difficult time for people. So don't, don't beat yourself up if you've reverted back to a bad habit. A lot of people are. Yeah. And the saying that old habits die hard is quite true. You know, we can put a lot of effort into changing our habits, but it just takes a previous trigger or something that comes from the nervous system to just kind of make that switch. You know, I used to be a big drinker and I don't drink as often anymore, but put me into a certain specific social environment and I can't resist. So there's things that we can do, I guess, in the conscious uh, minds, but the, it's, it's about focusing in on the subconscious that makes it a lot more difficult to understand or control. You know, considering removing all of the triggers in the world so that we aren't triggered is an okay way of doing things. But the most powerful way to be able to carry that state forward is to stabilize uh, a current, like a present heaven state or positive state, because that's much more powerful than considering getting rid of all the potential triggers or avoiding potential situations where you might be triggered. Um, none of that is nearly as effective as stabilizing heaven state is what I'm calling it right now. It's like, like if you always feel good and there's something in your life that is, is anchoring you to a good state about you, where you're able to stay in alignment and source and do all the things that you want to do, it doesn't matter where the triggers are. You won't even notice them anymore. So that really is the work. We, we really need, each of us needs to be, and it starts with, with controlling your nervous system and paying attention. But after controlling your nervous system and paying attention, now you want to start stabilizing the good stuff. And moving forward the next 12 to 24 months, what's down the line for Erica Flint? We know that you're, you've released a couple of books. I know that you're on Insight Timer as well and also continuing on to manage the business. Where do you see yourself in the next 24 months? And I guess, what's the ultimate vision for your brand and um, yourself? Yeah, that's a great question. I see myself, um, first of all, I'm writing my fourth book right now. And it's an evolutionary style of hypnosis that includes movement and music and community all in one to support each other through, you know, just through life. And so I'm really excited about that book. It doesn't have uh, a name. We've changed the name a couple of times. I can't give you the name yet, but it'll be published later this year. And so I think my next year in 2021, we'll be releasing that book, starting new programs around that book where we are all have more access to the tools that we need in controlling the nervous system, in the ability to calm down and stay present and stay focused and learn faster so that we can be, you know, go full time in entrepreneurs and make the money that we want to make and serve the way that we want to serve. Right. Is there anything that you'd like to discuss that I've forgotten to mention about? 
Well, your listeners can go to cascadehypnosiscenter.com slash breathe and get a free relaxation recording from me. And I'd like you to listen to it once a day. It's about 17 minutes. And in that 17 minutes, you will give your brain the practice of relaxation. And my clients find that in as little as three days, they have more energy and are sleeping better. And so it, because they have more energy and are sleeping better, they have better relationships, they are you know, eating better and making better decisions decisions, that type of a thing. So it's a really small investment that you can make in yourself. Yep. And I'll make sure to have that link in the show notes below as well. Fantastic. Erica, thank you for joining me today on The Stressless Entrepreneur. Thank you for sharing your story and your expertise. I wish you massive success in the future. Thank you, Tommy. It's great being here today. There you have it, guys. Thank you for tuning into The Stressless Entrepreneur podcast with me, your host, Tommy Bowie. If you like what you've heard today, please make sure you subscribe to our show and share this podcast with your friends. Leave us a review so that we can take on your comments, grow with you as a channel and keep providing you quality, stress-free content. If you have a story to tell or just want to say hi, drop me an email on tommy at tommybui.com. I'll catch you all on the next episode.